the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. You're darn tootin'. When I first moved to the Bay Area, I was fascinated. I wanted to do everything. I wanted to do the, the weekend fairs. I think San Francisco's got a weekend event going on in every little nook and cranny 52 weeks out of the year. Whether you're going to South Market, whether you're going to the Castro, Castro Street Fair, wherever you're going, there's something going on, right? I was fascinated by it, and I've kind of seen the city change, and I think for me, it's changed for the worse. So I've officially gone that direction, where I'm like... Building too much. They're building too much. But that building's kind of important because it adds more units of homes for people to live in. But what I've seen a lot of is hotels. And I'm just surprised how many hotels can go in to the Bay Area. I don't know where you live, but I live in San Carlos and the drive up to San Francisco four days a week. I'm like, why are there seven more hotels being built? Like... And, and they're in the, they're not in San Francisco. They're not in Palo Alto where people might want to visit. They're in Burlingame where people people on the East Coast aren't going. I want to go to Burlingame. I want to go to San Carlos. I want to go to San Mateo. I've had this dream my whole life to honeymoon in San Mateo. It's not like they're they're destinations. And to me, I'm like, how does this end? I'm just seeing hotels and small apartments continue to go up. And then this week, I saw HomeShare, a startup based in San Francisco. They convert living rooms in above-market-rate buildings into bedrooms so tenants can save on rent. That's what we're doing now. In order to afford San Francisco, we're saying, I would like a two-bedroom apartment with a a nice living room. But in the two bedrooms, I'm going to put two renters. And in the living room that used to be a nice place to watch TV, I'm going to put two more bedrooms. And I'm going to be a company called HomeShare that puts up a big old partition. And then they get a finder's fee for turning a two-bedroom apartment into kind of a four-unit apartment. But isn't that kind of ludicrous? We're kind of living dormitory style now. And we're saying we're okay with that. Desperate renters are finding their real estate bliss in converted living rooms that lease for as little as $1,100 a month. Now, that's great. And they're basically taking expensive new buildings, HomeShare is, and they're splicing them. They're splicing, they're dicing, they're slicing. It's the new Ginshu knife. Found in 2016, the startup has partnered with 10 properties in San Francisco, Silicon Valley, and New York. Do we need a startup that basically puts partitions up in living rooms? And maybe even in bedrooms, like a master room could be turned into two, two small apartments. Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com, my mortgage lender. Good day. Millennials continue to migrate to high-priced urban areas, and we're just packing them in. Yeah. So. It's a trend. Um, smaller living. Smaller living. So well, um, Co-living. Micro-bedrooms. They're, they're calling co-living now. Co-living? Okay. Co-living places uh, like New York and San Francisco are putting up 
co-living environments. Uh, San Francisco has something called the, I think it's called the panoramic and you can rent a bedroom. It's like $1,500 a month. Uh, you can rent a studio. Uh, maybe that's a couple grand a month and maybe a couple bedrooms. And all of a sudden you get uh, up to 25, 3000, but you, you share like the laundry, you share like the kitchens, you share uh, other common areas. As a lender, are you seeing people buy into this or is this just the companies basically figuring out how to be landlords? Is it, is it a landlord issue or is it an owner issue? Um, these aren't owner kind of properties. These are kind of short-term stay uh, units. Uh, lenders haven't quite caught on to the new trends yet. Um, I, I don't. I think it's on the smaller scale, so they're not going to figure it out yet. Have you found yourself in a situation where you're doing a loan for two or three people in a place, or is it still typically? We've seen a couple of those. Yeah, okay. we've seen a lot more than than five, six years ago. How's that handled? I, I got to imagine banks, tenants in common. It's okay. not the kind that it's not a tick that you think it is, but it, it's you, you just title it. You put 30 percent in or 10 percent. I put 10 percent. Somebody else puts 10 percent in. They get a 70 percent loan. They do tenants in common as far as ownership is 33 percent each. And uh, that's the way it goes. And they, they title it in tenants in common. They can sell their their portion to somebody else at some time and they get a room. And that's one way to do it. Now in Los Angeles, the city of angels, people are renting trucks and RVs to sleep in $4,000 a month. LA's experienced a shortage of affordable homes. One bedrooms in the Silver Lake neighborhood can cost upwards of 2000 a month. So a person who wants to work in like cable television, being a cable technician, installing cable TV, they make $45,000 a year. They're renting trucks and they're basically living in RVs. Yeah. There's a company here that's renting out uh, converted vans to do that. And as long as they, um, you know, your company you work for, you can shower there and park in their, their or you get a gym membership, a gym membership, and you can shower there and just go to work out right outside the van. I've seen more. I quit 24 hour fitness a couple of years ago, probably 15 years ago. Cause I saw more disgusting things in 24 hour fitness than I've seen on the internet. Just ah. disgusting. That's all I have to say about that. That's right. Jack. People are living in Las Vegas and flying to the Bay Area two, three, four times a week for their job. They have a job in the Bay Area and they're flying from Vegas. Their commute. It's a one-hour flight commute or or one-and-a-half-hour drive. Which one do you want? When I drive 25 miles into San Francisco every day, it takes an hour. Why not fly? Maybe, Why? Maybe they're staying in all those hotels that are being built up by the airport. Okay. You've got the answers for everything. I, I don't know what else to do. So... What are you seeing, though, as far as uh, what's the typical mortgage person knocking on your door in 2018 all about? Well, we haven't been that the far into it yet. big year of change, right? Uh, it's a big year yeah. of higher interest rates. Could be. Um, we, we are seeing higher yields. Okay. Uh, and they kind of stopped. You know, I think some investors saw that the, the higher yields and dumped a whole bunch of money into into bonds and for those yields. And it kind of held interest rates down a little bit. Right now, I think it's at right around 4% for the 30-year fixed, um, conforming 30-year fixed, according to Freddie Mac. So um, interest rates are still low. I mean, we've seen them much higher over the last several years. So uh, it's still an incentive. It's still one of the main drivers. I think, uh, you know, the lack of inventory in the Bay Area still um, creates, I think, I don't want to say illusion, uh, but it might be an illusion of, of high demand. 
Um, what happens if there's a little bit more inventory hitting the market? Will we still have that, that same amount of demand? I think that we won't know that until it actually happens um, or somebody really plays with the math. But uh, right now we still have high demand. And Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Boop, 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 boop. Bishop Briggs, I think. I love the door slamming there. Doom, doom. I want to grow up and play a door in a band. What do you mean? Yeah, the guy who slams the door on stage. Amazon.com is the story of the day, in my opinion. They've been the story of the day a lot of times for how good they're doing. Today, they're losing $40 billion in market cap. Company had the March, 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 March to a trillion going on. Who's going to do it first? Would it be Apple? Apple and Tim Cook are leading the back, but the Apple iPhone 10 sales are flagging, so they drop out. Coming up the rear, you have Microsoft, trillion-dollar company based on the cloud and based on margins. They seem to be the, the one that everyone thinks is going to get the trillion based on the cloud, the Azure platform, and how well it's doing comparatively positioned to Google. Great, Google and Google. And the other trillion dollar company, Amazon, today is getting trumped. Now, we know that there's been phrases that pay in the past along the lines of things like, um, oh, Sears, Sears got Amazon, or Kmart, Kmart got Amazon, or Pets.com got Amazon. Very true. Companies that used to do business in a very static way. Uh, Amazon says, we'll deliver, we'll give you music, we'll give you video, we'll deliver. I'm now getting to the point where if I need like a face soap, I'll go on Amazon and I'll see the highest rated face soap. I'm like, you're the winner. Crazy, right? I'm trusting other Americans to make decisions for me. Oh, what's wrong with America? But President Trump is obsessed with going after Amazon. Now, there is some reason for that. Amazon is worth so much money that a couple of years ago, Jeff Bezos is like, well, I want to buy a newspaper. Well, the Washington Post. And keep in mind, Jeff Bezos is, in my opinion, the evil Sith Lord of retail commerce. I think he's building a Death Star behind the moon. I think he is a villain from James Bond. I think Seattle is going to rue the day that they ever invited Mr. Bezos up. As I think he is slowly putting stuff in their water to Bezos them. But Trump is going after Amazon now. He's trumping Amazon's Amazon. Trump has discussed altering the company's tax treatment because several of his friends told him Amazon is hurting their businesses and killing shopping malls and brick and mortar retailers. Oh my goodness. The president heard from his friends that Amazon is hurting their business. Wow. Could you imagine if one of the president's friends said, you know, uh, Rob Black is the, the smartest guy in the world and should be head of the economics department Wrong. of the White House? Well, well, if I'm his friend, maybe he'll help me out, right? So that's scary that friends have the ears of the president. And 
Trump wants to go after the e-commerce giant, citing five sources who have uh, talked with Amazon, uh, talked about Amazon with him. He's obsessed with Amazon, some people say. Obsessed. Trump has discussed altering the company's tax treatment because several of his friends told him Amazon is hurting their business and killing shopping malls and brick-and-mortar retailers. Amazon shares fell 5% today, wiping out about $40 billion in shareholder value. Trump has blasted Amazon on the social media in the past, saying the e-commerce company is hurting the retail industry and causing U.S. jobs to be lost. He did a pretty good job on the campaign trail of saying that, you know, he'll bring jobs back to America, even though Amazon is like, hey, and Amazon tried to be part of his e- economic council until it couldn't. So the Washington Post is the thing that I think has Trump the most upset. Trump seems to like Fox News because they give kind of a v- version of his presidency that others aren't. Some would say a softer lit version. Um, so Steve Mnuchin, Treasury Secretary, hinted that the Trump administration may take a position on Amazon's tax collection policy. So Mnuchin told the White House Ways and Means Committee hearing in February that the administration feels strongly the government should institute a sales tax on Internet e-commerce. But there hasn't been much follow-up beyond these statements on the Amazon's tax treatment. Some states obviously would fight this big time, but some states would say, let's bring it on. So Washington, Minnesota, Rhode Island have passed laws requiring online marketplaces to collect sales taxes on behalf of its third-party sellers. So there's a lot going on here. And uh, I would say, I will say this. I once started a company, and uh, I was the lead partner. I got into a situation with another partner where I said, 50%, uh, we could have 50% voting rights, that's fine. Um, but when push comes to shove, my assets are my assets, your assets are your assets. Anything I bring in is mine, anything you bring in is yours. And uh, when it came time to separate, he didn't see it that way. So he got an attorney, and I made a mistake because we should have had a contract that said a little more clearly what voting shares meant and didn't mean. We, it was pretty clear. It should have been a little bit more clear. And my attorney told me, he says, don't fight it. Just, you know, walk away, start over if you have to a little bit. You know, you have enough to, to put food in your belly, right? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, just walk away, don't fight. You really don't need other people mad at you. You don't need to, you know, anytime you get pulled over by a police officer, don't fight it. Like, just say yes or no, sir. Uh, you don't have to give them anything but your license and your name. Uh, you can, behind that, you can say, that's what I was sold to do by Rob Black. Yes, sir, no, sir, kind of thing. Um, license and registration is the only thing you have to d- give up as far as information. you got to imagine that they're doing an investigation on you if they pulled you over, right? So anything that you give them is incriminating to yourself. So, or could be potentially incriminating to yourself. Woo! Mega Millions jackpot tonight. $502 million. So no numbers were drawn on Tuesday. So I guess that's going to be on Friday. The next one's on Friday. Fourth largest payout in the 16-year history. Jackpot has been rolling over since it was last one on January 5 at $450 million. So um, this is going to be a big one. This is one where you're going to see Americans line up and put on their lucky numbers, right? I'm not a lottery guy. I love that the lottery does good for states by raising money for schools and roads and stuff like that. Uh, but the people who play lottery should not be playing the lottery. 
You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. We'll talk soon. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So I go a little bit crazy thinking about money. It's something I see every day, and it's, it's almost as if like you're a DUI attorney and you're defending people who have DUIs, and I think it would probably grow on you like how to give good advice, right? Sometimes it would probably grow on you like how crazy it is. Like I'm not driving on a Saturday night after 11 p.m. You know, when you have kids, the, the best thing you can do with children is to impart the wisdom that you've learned on your children. And one of the things that I would learn that I've learned is nothing really good happens after midnight. <laughs> now, some of the good, 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 like romantic stuff happens after midnight, but nothing really good happens on the road or at bars after midnight. <clears throat> Clubs, concerts. I just anyway. One of the th- things that you do when you've done this as long as I have is you start thinking, how do people spend their money? The Mega Millions climbs to 502 million. Tonight, there's going to be HQ Trivia 1. HQ Trivia. Uh, it's an app on the phone. It's awesome. It's fun. It's Scott Rakowski. And um, typically, the prize is like 2500 But tonight, it's going to be $250,000 because people are, a million people a day are logging in at noon Pacific and 6 Pacific. So you figure out what that is on East Coast time. And. Uh, they get a million people. And tonight, they're going to give away $250,000 prize, biggest cash prize ever, because it's their first move into a sponsorship with Warner Brothers and Nike. It's going to be all about Ready Player One. So they'll probably, the game show probably takes 20 minutes to play on your phone from 6 to 6.20 tonight. And to me, this is all about... See, Ready Player One needs people to come see it at the movie theaters. So let's get people where they're watching their phone to come to the movie theater. Or instead of watching TV, that's a big advertiser. Um, But again, I'm talking about it. So they're already getting free advertising in local media that an app can give away a $250,000 prize out of a million players tonight, way better odds than the Mega Millions, but the Mega Millions, you'll see more than a million people play, right? Anyway, let's talk about financial products that aren't gambling-associated uh, game shows or lotteries. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. It's not all gambling products. So I'm going to kind of go against what we've said in the past, why you can't be an absolute salesman. What I mean by that is make a statement that says, this is never a right thing to do. Like annuities are never right. Or one of the big ones is never buy cash value life insurance. You've heard both Rob and I say that investing in life insurance is a bad idea. And it is for 99% of the population. There is these scams out there where people will go through periods of time where they want you to pull money out of your mortgage uh, or out of your home via mortgage or out of your 401k saying the 401k is a scam and invest in this. It's got market upside potential, but no downside risk. They're basically selling high cost indexed life insurance products. Those guys should be in jail. In my opinion, total, total garbage. 
So for most people, and we have a handout, if you want one, 15 things to do before you ever even need to hire a financial advisor. It's 15 very clear steps to take. And one of them is that if you have kids, you need to protect your family with disability and life insurance. And most families need to buy term life insurance, either a 10, 20, 30-year level term policy. And the calculation is pretty easy. You take your income, multiply it by 10. Then you add in 100 grand per kid so that they could pay for college if you died. And then you add in all of your debt so that that's paid off if they want to. So it's not that big of a deal. You don't need to, it's, it's a very simple formula. And then you go out and you shop for term insurance. And most agents have the ability to shop all of the places out there. You can go to USAA if you're a USAA member. They have good products. Select quote. I don't care where you go. Ask me a referral if you want. They all shop the same places. Um, it is good to work with a live person if you have any health issues because certain companies rate things differently. <clears throat> like, for example, I was talking to an insurance agent the other day, and we were talking about, uh, since you know we have a lot of clients, obviously, in Oregon and Washington and California, where now marijuana is, is legal and recreational use has jumped, some insurance companies don't really care if there's recreational use of that now. When I got into the business that was a deal killer back then. So it's, it's interesting how things have changed. Buy term and invest the difference is almost always true. But let's say you get later in life and you're 50 years old and you're a very high income earner. You've maxed out all your retirement options. You've saved a ton of money. You're in that 1% of the population that 99% of the people were protesting. That you have a high income. You've saved a ton of money in stocks already. And you're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel where you're like, you know, I want to be able to retire in 10 years. Retire early at 60. That'd be nice, right? You're not really interested in getting into any more real estate. You already feel like you have more than enough stocks and you need to start looking at something safer. For ultra high income earners and high net worth people, there are certain index life insurance policies where you can put money into it, have some coverage, and have an indexed account that tends to beat even tax-free bonds over time. But that's, I mean, literally four or five people that I can think of that that was a good idea for in the last 10 years. But you can't just say it's never a good idea. The other option where term insurance doesn't work is that I mentioned earlier in the show, let's say you have a pension that's going to be drastically reduced for your spouse or go away when you die. Term insurance doesn't work there. The other areas where you have to use cash value life insurance is if you have a person with a large estate, especially business owners, where there might not be a lot of uh, liquidity out there in their life because they're business owners, high net worth, but it's all tied up in their business, and when they die, there's a significant estate tax. Significant. State taxes are crazy. That's much fewer people that are going to pay for it. But if we get past to 2026 again, it's just going to go down to 5.5 or so million per person. And if you own a home and a business in the Bay Area, you might be able to, you might exceed that pretty quickly. And if you need liquidity to pay for estate taxes so your heirs don't get creamed in fees and expenses and having to sell a business when they don't want to, you have to set up a life insurance trust and term insurance isn't right there. You you have to have some sort of a product that's going to last till you're over 100, which means it's a cash value style of policy. But there are actually very low load 
low commission products out there for high net worth people that a lot of insurance, basic insurance agents just don't have the ability to get to, or they just aren't allowed to sell it because they need to make a certain amount of commission. So you can't just make absolute statements that, you know, it's, it's not a black or white world when it comes to financial planning. It's not one answer and then all the rest are wrong. There's options out there and you have to explore all those options. You have to feel like they're presented to you so that you can choose what you want to do so that, you know, you've done something that feels right for the family. So that's CFP Chad Burton. He will be joining me for a live event coming up very, very soon. Live events um, mean typically something along the lines of uh, learn about retirement income planning, wealth preservation, and such. They're really meant for new people. If you've been more than three times, it's going to be kind of redundant, I think. Um, and it's an evening. It's Cupertino, May 3rd, retirement income Strategies in Estate Planning Seminar, Cupertino, the Juniper Hotel. You can sign up um, for May 3rd, a little more than a month away, and use code RADIO25. Sign up at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Uh, it's always a good event, and you can learn more about getting towards retirement with wealth preservation and income planning. My big fear is, is when do I stop working, i.e., when does money stop coming in? And then my next big fear is, how long do I make my nest egg last? And how much of a legacy do I want to leave? Some people don't care. Some people do. So um, there's plenty going on there, right? It's wedding season, ladies and gentlemen. And the best advice I can do is say is don't do it. But if you're going to do it, be considerate. Not just to your spouse and your family, but to your guests. The average American couple spends $32,641 on a wedding. Is that not ludicrous or what? But those attending a wedding will spend an average of $372. Guests attending weddings and wedding-related events spend um, a good deal as a couple. If you're attending a wedding member for a close friend, you spend more money. If you're attending a wedding for someone you barely know, you spend less money. Now, if you're in the wedding party, you tend to spend even more because you're getting dresses and tips and dinners and you're buying the spouse or the groom shots and such. Wedding season can break a budget. The holiday season could break a budget. I hate broken budgets. Arr, love can break a budget. Find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Look, I'm just trying to get you to retirement. Get you trying to shake things up a little bit. Focus on shoring up your finances, then your savings, then your investments, then your debts. I want you to start looking at your insurance at some point. Um, I don't think that's crazy. So, But between travel expenses in life, hotels that we stay at, vacations that we over plan concerts that we overdo it at 
I'm not coming home with a concert shirt. I'm not coming home with a concert shirt. Oh my gosh, I just came home with a concert shirt. So um, my goal is to get you to retirement. Always remember that. Sometimes you're going to get mad at me, and that's fine. Tesla's been tumbling recently. Facebook's been tumbling recently. Apple's been tumbling recently. A lot of tech companies are getting hit right now. Now, here's what you got to do. Dilly dilly. You have to decide not do you sell, but do you want to own it? Um, anytime I buy stock, I come up with five reasons why I like it, five reasons why I don't. Typically, you can just flip them on their side if you really, really want. Five reasons you like something could be revenue growth, could be executives at the company, could be last five-year track record, last three-year track record. Uh, it could be a lot of things. Margins, earnings, cash, repatriation, tax laws, consumers, economy. But you typically don't like the company if those turn against it. Now, one company that, you know, they all differ, right? Facebook makes a lot of money. Apple makes even more money. Google makes a lot of money. Facebook and Google are in the eyesights, crosshairs of European regulators right now and soon to be in the crosshairs of U.S. regulators. Then you get other high-flying companies like Amazon who they're truly making the world different. Different good, different bad. Trump decides he's going to go after them, right? Then you get into the kind of weird situation where you have a Tesla, another high-flying fly, company, where their stock has come under serious pressure in recent days, dropping roughly 10%. People are questioning whether the Model 3 targets are ever going to be good. The National Transportation Safety Board announced a second investigation self-driving car death involving a Tesla vehicle. The decline has been lucrative for people who are betting against the company. This is not a make or break for every year for Tesla. But they lose a ton of money. So when I get an email from someone that says, what should I do with my Tesla stock? I'm like, well, I don't know. Have you made a profit on it? Take some gains off the table. Have you gotten into it thinking that by the year 2050, it's going to be the number one transportation company to the moon and back? What have you? Then you got to give it 20 years, right? I don't know why you bought it. I don't know what your goals were. You may know better than I do. Um, how do I say this without getting too zooby, zooby, zoo? Um, my mother and my brother David. My brother David was five years older than me. Zooby, zooby, zoo. He gave me pretty good advice. He said, never get, never, never get romantically involved. Intimately, romantically involved with someone that you don't want to marry or that you maybe potentially don't want to marry. And these were different times back then, right? And my mom basically said the same thing, but she said it a little more graphically and dirtier, which is kind of funny. So eh, my brother David probably said it pretty graphic and dirty, too. We come from a long line of pretty graphic uh, family members. But there's good advice of, you know, you can take intimacy to a level, but at some point in time, you're going to be, you know, playing with people's emotions or, you know, never, you know, if you tell someone you love them, hopefully you love them kind of thing. If you tell someone you want to marry them, hopefully you want to marry with them. If you tell someone you want to spend the rest of your life, like, oh, how do I get back out of this analogy? 
never get romantically and never get romantically intimately you know the difference involved with someone that you potentially wouldn't marry like okay thanks dad or dave and mom dave was not my dad or stepdad um but same thing with for me in stocks. See, I have a different opinion. You have a different opinion on like I think you should date around for a few years and like find out what's compatible to you. I'm like, well, when you find we have a different opinion, right? And that's okay. So what I'm trying to get at here is I say never buy stocks that you wouldn't want to keep forever. Now in the short term, if you hit a home run, good for you. But the Facebooks, the Amazons, the Googles, the high-flying companies that are up eight years in a row, when they start to go down, do you, what's your plan? Okay, so the eight-year honeymoon may be over for Tesla, right? It's been a good run. It's had some ups and downs. We had crazy, passionate intimacy. Is it time to break up finally? I don't know. I don't know what, why you buy socks. I don't own any Tesla. I'd like to own some Tesla. But no, I don't really want to own Tesla because now that I see people driving Teslas, because they're just, they're everywhere. They're like cockroaches. They're like um, good-looking cockroaches. But the people who are driving the cockroaches don't realize, that's a cockroach. So never get intimately involved with a stock that you wouldn't want to keep forever. I don't know. Did you buy Tesla and now it's down 10% you don't know what to do? Same thing with Amazon getting attacked by the government. Same thing with Facebook getting attacked for privacy. I mean, two weeks ago, it was as good as it got. It was Nirvana. We were in Camelot eating turkey wings and saying, Dilly Dilly! Dilly Dilly! Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.